You're listening to the Rec2Tech podcast. We connect the tech thought leaders across the globe to deliver content that allows you to make better career and hiring decisions. So, welcome to another episode of Preparing the Unprepared. This is normally a podcast focused on helping people make smarter career and hiring decisions in the data space. But I think there's a key component missing for a lot of people, whether that be on the applicant side or the business side. And that's having a real true understanding of what the role of a recruiter does, both internally and externally. So today I brought on Amy Miller. Um, who's going to be working alongside myself during this podcast, just talking about, I guess, there's not really a plan, Amy, is this? We're gonna just going to wing it. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I'm really keen on on kind of like digging deep into what our roles are, you know, what, what the role of an internal yeah. recruiter is and, and what the role of an external recruiter is and kind of working from there. Because whilst I don't think there's a wild amount of differences, there's definitely elements to your role that are different to mine. For sure. Yeah. And I'm hoping that, you know, there's some opportunity here for us to potentially see some um, some ways that, that both these roles or both these people could help each other. Absolutely. So love it. Why don't you start by giving us a quick intro? I mean, I know you're a veteran in the space, so I'm keen to, to get there. <laughs> That's a very nice way to put it. I am a seasoned recruiter. <laughs> So I've been I've been in the business for I don't know 22 years. It's it's crazy when I think about how long. Oh my gosh, half of you probably were in kindergarten when I started. Um, so I've been recruiting forever. I actually was an agency recruiter for a number of those years. Probably half of that time I spent on the agency side. I went in house um, several years back with a very small company, and then since then I've actually worked for three big tech companies that y'all might have heard of. So you can you can go check out my LinkedIn profile if you're curious where I'm hanging out these days, but doing big tech and primarily in Seattle, but I've I've recruited all over the US and Canada and Mexico. Yeah, absolutely. So when when you say you've worked agency and you've gone internally, yeah. like what what is your role? I, I guess without kind of going into too much depth yeah. in your current role, but what is the role of an internal recruiter? So we typically will be aligned to a specific business group or a specific type of hiring. Sometimes it's specific to a a team or it may just be specific to like a fungible, you know, software engineer role, perhaps in really large companies, things like that. But the idea is we would have a certain alignment, a certain book of business, if you will. I think that's a phrase my agency Mm -hmm. brethren will understand. And we recruit for those roles. Like that's the business development on the inside looks very different because the roles tend to come to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, you know, one of the the biggest differences really between us and them or me and you is really comes down to that. Like, where do we get our clients internally? Typically, they're assigned to you or they come to you or you can ask for them. <laughs> I really want to work with that team. Um, yeah. But we we just we do the same thing. We fill open roles. We go and find people. We review incoming people. We partner with hiring managers to figure out what are your pain points? What are the problems you're trying to solve here? And then go and find the talent that can do that. Yeah. Now, there's this preconceived notion that, and and I don't agree with this, by the way, that internal recruitment is the easy way out of external recruitment. (laughs) 
right? You must have heard that before, right? I've heard it all. I've heard it all, Lewis. I've heard that I was a corporate sellout. I heard that I was a failed agency recruiter. I've got some big biller plaques that say otherwise, okay? <laughs> but no, it, there is this this perception that if you can't cut it in agency that you go internally. Yeah. And look, I think that's probably true for some people. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also probably true that some people are stuck in agency because they can't hack it in corporate. Just Ooh, saying. Okay. All right. <laughs> compelling argument number one i mean (laughs) yeah yeah no i I think i think you're right so um for anyone who doesn't know me by the way i've been in recruitment for 10 years um and i've worked so i've not been as diverse in in you know comparison to amy i've worked agency side and i've worked for two companies one which is a a large corporate business a deco which a lot of people know of um and then I moved to a smaller SME firm, Darwin Recruitment, and have, have been there for seven or so years now. Um, and the roles in those two businesses were quite different in terms of like yeah. how I felt, how I set, how I was trained. Um, but ultimately, the, the roles don't differ from an internal and external recruitment, in my opinion. My job is to partner with businesses, partner with recruiters, partner with hiring managers, and find great talent, but not just to be a sourcing partner. I feel like right. to be super successful in recruitment, not that I'm saying I am, um, maybe I, I've done all right. <laughs> um, you, you think kept to... here for seven years. That's a great oh. sign. <laughs> I've done something right. I've done something right. If you're not cutting it in an agency, they will cut you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's, it, it is very cutthroat. But at the end of the day, I, I feel like the success I've seen over the, the, the extent of my career has been creating great relationships with people. Definitely. And and doing more than just finding good resumes, mm-hmm. like transactional recruitment, whilst you can fill a small time or short term void, yeah. you, you, you don't actually, it doesn't lead to a very long term career in recruitment. You have to Absolutely. get to know people, just bring bring value as much as you possibly can. And again, that's just not through purely sending resumes. Absolutely. And you see the exact, this is what's so funny about this, you know, this, this long time almost sibling rivalry that we've had between agency and corporate for so many years, because there is this, you know, kind of conventional wisdom out there that a- or internal recruiters or corporate recruiters are just a, you know, resume pushers, and we're like recruiting admins, and we just process paper. And here's the thing, some of us are, there are corporate recruiters who function that way, it works for them, it works for the company they work for. If that makes you happy, go and do that. But you know what? It happens on your side too. And I know you know that where it's very transactional. It's just focused on where's my hire. I think where you and I, even though we're on opposite sides, where you and I come from is we care more about that partnership. And there's room for that on both sides. That's the thing I want people to take away from this. There is absolutely room and a need, I think, and the best of us look at this as a partnership. And I know when I was external, when I was an agency recruiter, I considered myself an outside extension of the teams I was recruiting for. I was part of their team. I just had a different email address. Agreed. Agreed. It's sometimes hard to it's, as an external recruiter, it's sometimes mm-hmm. hard to deliver that message from oh, a, for sure. from a cold start, um, yeah. unless you actually know that particular person, because mm-hmm. there is still that that preconceived notion. As I said, we're like we're trying to take your job or we're trying to replace you, and and, and yeah. actually we're really not. 
Like, right. We, we actually will all be much more successful if we work together. Right? I mean, so I'm always... That. Imagine <laughs> that. Imagine a world where I could give you a wreck and go about my business and take care of other stuff. Like, okay, Lewis has got it. I don't need to worry about it anymore. I've got other stuff to do. <laughs> That's how it should be. I've never understood this, this need to compete with each other. I don't compete with my other colleagues. Like they work on different wrecks. They have I may occasionally find a candidate that fits and flip it over to them or whatever. And, mm -hmm. and that's fine. And, you know, you can argue about credit, I guess, if you want, but it, it always confused me. And, and believe me, I use this line when I was doing biz dev and agency um, that somehow on the agency side, there's some magic portal to candidates hiding in Narnia that only <laughs> you can find because you're external. You know, it's just so interesting to me. I've never given a rec to an agency or had a hiring manager say, I want to work with this agency and then tried to compete with them. Okay, mm -hmm. that's your rec. I'm going to go do other stuff. Call me if you need me. Yeah. Do you know what I, I want to point out? One thing that I, I've seen that's a clear yeah. difference between typically an external agency, a specialist agency, should we say, um, and an internal recruiter is that normally you're spread much thinner over multiple positions. Yeah, typically. can so, be for sure. Yeah. So there's some some value in that if a specialist recruiter comes in, absolutely. And says, okay, well, let, look, give us that one specific role, and you can go and focus on the rest. That that actually brings value to you as a recruiter, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Would mm -hmm. you would would your business ever look at you and go, well, why why have you created that great partnership and we're filling all these roles, but you're not you're not? No. I'm sure it happens because people talk about it and I mean, it, surely it happens, but I, you know, and the thing is like in my, in my last few companies, they've been huge, you know, billion dollar tech companies that, yeah. that have armies of recruiters, you know, thousands of internal recruiters and our agency partnerships generally tend to be contingent workers, bringing in contractors, things like that. So that's stuff I don't even touch. I do exclusively full-time, you know, FTE hiring placements, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but my first corporate gig was with a very small company and I did everything. I was very much a generalist recruiter. I was working across every department with the exception of sales and uh, college hiring. We had a dedicated university team and then a dedicated sales recruiter, but I did everything else. So IT, marketing, you know, everything else. Yeah. And I remember our creative team had an open role. And so, you know, go to do the intake and, you know, what do you want? What do we look for? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, actually, we have this amazing agency and we really, I'm like, great. I don't have to worry about it. Go deal with your amazing agency, <laughs> you know? And uh, I remember as that unfolded, you know, I start working with this, this agency recruiter. I'm like, hey, they want to work with you. Like, that's awesome because I don't know anything about this space. I've never done marketing, whatever it is y'all are doing. And this person tried to like recruiter splain you know what he was gonna do and how he works i'm like <sighs> <laughs> we've got the secret sauce <laughs> i know exactly what you do yeah. i was a top biller at your company three years ago <laughs> and uh i think you can just go ahead and go recruit little buddy i mean it was just so strange to me but there was kind of this I, I don't know but anyway back to your question like no nobody ever looked at me and said oh my gosh 
Rod gave that role to an agency, Amy. No, Amy was busy doing other stuff. I'm good. <laughs> There's something to be said as well, right? If, if you mm -hmm. can be, as an internal recruiter, great at building external relationships sure. that Absolutely. solve a problem, like that, you're bringing value to your business still. Absolutely. You know, rather than filling the quota yourself. I mean, I look at it like this, okay? I, I have a husband and children and people in my house that are very capable of doing the yard work, okay? Th these are healthy, you know, functioning semi-adults. <laughs> but you know what? I've got a lawn guy <laughs> and, and it is worth the price. It is worth the time that we save. It, you know, that's how I look at it. Like this is not that we're not capable of running a lawnmower, but this is something that he does for mm -hmm. a living and he's really good at and the price is right. And it frees us up to do other stuff. Yep. But that's how I look at any kind of external partnership. And, and, and uh, I know for a fact, because I, maybe not so much now because we've got a, I live in a house that's got a managed service so they come and clean yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> a little different. But, but I'm also on a building site so we, we haven't seen yeah. it yet. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, it just it just relieves so much stress as well from your day-to-day -day life. Absolutely. Having having that thought of, oh, it's being looked after. You know, we've, yeah. we've, we've spoken yeah. about specifically what we need. They understand the business. They're able to deliver a very concise and clear message back to the market, mm -hmm. the kind of message mm -hmm. that you would deliver if you were doing it yourself. For sure. Um, so, yeah, you don't have to worry about those things. Yeah. And, yeah, I think I, I still come back to this just like, like you said, the, siv the sibling rivalry where very why, much why so. is there so much animosity or like so much tension between know. the two? I remember one of my early agency gigs – and this, we, we were just starting to get used to this fancy new thing called the internet. That this was like, this was like <laughs> life changing, right? Yeah. And I remember um, one of our clients was IndyMac Bank. I don't even think they're around anymore. They must've got bought by somebody or I don't even remember. But this was the first time I'd ever heard this. I go on a, on a sales call with my branch manager. We go to IndyMac Bank and I don't remember the woman's name, but our, our clients looked at me and she goes, you know, I used to do what you do. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, and that was like my first experience with this whole like rivalry thing. And this, I'm like, okay. And so that kind of kicked off in my mind, like, oh, well, she must have sucked at it. That's why she had to go internal, you know? And I thought that for a long time. I was like, well, maybe be really good at your job, you know? And, and it's just so silly. But, but I think that that we both not not you and I because we get it and we're cool but I think as an industry um the internal and the and the third parties they they almost come into this relationship or partnership or or prospective partnership with their their fists up you know like I'm yeah. ready to fight yeah. you and I'm ready to defend my turf and it's so strange to me and I ask this question all the time and here's here's one that that maybe you can answer for me what is the appeal from a third party perspective to go after a ginormous company that has 8 billion recruiters? Like what, what is the value to you as an agency recruiter to try to get yeah. into a business like that? I would say there's, there's a couple of reasons. One, there's obviously scale, right? Sure. So, that, so there's going to be way more hiring going on than a, perhaps a, an SME. Yeah. And I guess, too, there's a pedigree, right? So it's, it's kind yeah. of nice to turn around and say, I work with Google. 
like mm-hmm. that that can kind of like I don't want to say put you on a pedestal, but when you're talking to candidates yeah. that perhaps wouldn't normally talk to you, it might be another okay. way of getting someone on the phone. So mm-hmm. there is that, but I actually see not to say I wouldn't work with big companies. I see a lot more success working with SMEs that perhaps don't oh, yeah. quite yet have that business function set up. Yeah. So they don't have that internal recruitment team or or, or at least have enough recruiters internally to yeah. be able to support the 40 roles they've got between two of them. Yeah. Because that that is a I'm gonna watch my friendship, but that's a lot of time that it takes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On average. I guess it depends what kind of yeah. business and what kind of processes you've got set up. But on average, how long does a, a, a typical interview process take internally? Oh, my gosh. You know, it it can vary so wildly company to company and sometimes mm. even team to team. It's so interesting. And I love this question because I think that's I wish more people asked that, first of all. <laughs> Because I definitely have worked with a lot of agency recruiters who think, well, you shouldn't do that. I'm like, I'm sorry. Every single team in the company does this. Did you think we were changing it for you? <laughs> like, this is our process. This is how it works. Um, but um, I think, you know, going back to the to the first very small company that I worked at, they couldn't get away with a very extensive process. They They did mm-hmm. not have the clout which I love kind of where you're going with that and how it gives us clout to have these big names, you know, in our mm. Rolodex, so to speak. Um, but they tried to, our IT team tried to like create this like all day panel presentation kind of thing. I'm like, y'all are not Google. You cannot do that. <laughs> we are losing candidates left and right. So, but you bring up an interesting point because that's something on the inside. And I'd love to hear your take from the outside perspective. That's something on the inside that I can try to navigate and push back and consult on, like to mm-hmm. actually say, Hey, this is how we're showing up in the market. This is how, you know, you're losing candidates at different points of the process because things like that. So on the outside yeah. i'm sure you've run into this too how do you address all it time. all the time um it is a a pain that i don't think will ever go away yeah i, I wish it would um i feel can like get magic wands can we make that happen <laughs> no way <laughs> I, I, I honestly I, I wish it would i think yeah the, the first challenge that we see from the outside is is does does the hiring manager actually have a focus on hiring right like, right. oh, do they know that part of their job is to actually hire people? Because if they did, I feel like process could be moved when it needs to be moved. Things could go faster when they need to go faster. Mm-hmm. The quality of the process could be better if they actually realized that yeah. if you were the face, the first, let's say the second person once they've spoken or, or seen one of our wonderful faces and the screening process, yeah. um, if you were the first person that they see, do you know how much more value that would add to to this person's experience and yeah I feel like there's sometimes a breakdown in some of the businesses I work with because there is a challenge that recruiters don't want us to talk to the hiring managers and and it's so interesting to me let's talk more about that because this is fascinating yeah I, I I guess because normally at least in Europe right so there's there's definitely a difference between doing recruitment in Europe and doing recruitment in America, mm-hmm. 100%. We were taught to, to not work with recruiters and do everything we possibly can yeah. to avoid them. And if that means getting the hiring manager's number and calling them direct on a Saturday, do it. Like that, that's how I you're taught. That. And, 
Yeah. <laughs> Turns out they don't. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when, at least from my experience, when we came to America, we, mm-hmm. uh, that's all we knew, right? So we tried yeah. that approach and just failed time and time again. What was some of the feedback you were getting? Like when you say it failed, like what specifically were they telling well, you? The, <laughs> the, I would say a lot of the high managers are actually are actually like from my experience I'm somewhat trained to be like no we work with internal recruitment mm, but because you've taken yeah. that step to overstep internal recruitment by the time you then end up getting put in touch with the right person they're like already yeah, you. <laughs> yeah you, you, you skip the line buddy you're going straight to the back and and the thing is you guys <laughs> have the power to work with an agency or not like if you if yeah. you didn't want to work with somebody and a hiring manager did, there's something to be said for your power to be able to say, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna do much with this agency. We'll, we'll find another one. See, um, and that's interesting because I have to tell you, and and again, my my perception is obviously highly biased based on my personal experience. Yeah, here has been my experience with that. I don't have the authority to pick anything. I am told this is who we're going to work with. This is how we're going to do it. So it's actually my experience has been opposite that. But what I can tell you, I have had a number of situations where a hiring manager has called me up and said, oh, hey, so-and-so sent me this resume from such and such company. Can you call them? You know, get them on the phone. I want to interview this person, blah, blah, blah. I say, great. Happy to do that. Do you have the authority to sign a fee agreement and is the fee coming out of your budget? Ah. What do you think they say next? No. They say, oh, I don't know. I have to pay for this. (laughs) Um, Did you think they were sending you a resume out of the goodness of their heart? (laughs) So that's been my experience. It's been, it's been, you know, and, and again, just, the handful yeah, yeah, yeah. of situations I've been in, but that's been my experience where they, they actually seem super mystified by this idea that this isn't just a free resume or that there's some kind of a mechanism in place with an actual agreement and rules of engagement and ownership timelines and a fee. Like they're stunned by this, which is so surprising to me. Cause like, how do you not know this? How do you become like a business leader and not understand this? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, that's interesting because typically the message then is delivered. I guess yeah. that's where my understanding is confused because the the message is delivered then by the recruiter to say that we can't we can't make this happen. I'm like, oh, they've shut the door. They, Do you they, know how many uh, times I've been made the bad guy? They're like, oh, well, can you call him and let him know you chicken? <laughs> yes, I will be the bad cop for you. So, yeah, I, 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 and again, I, I think there's definitely circumstances where, you know, the recruiter somehow has some kind of power. But this is what's interesting. Let's let's dig into that a little bit, because this is another common misconception I hear a lot that that recruiters, you know, some I, I was talking to to somebody externally a few weeks back and like, oh, well, but the CEO introduced me and da, da, da. OK, so, I mean, it's one of two things, either the CEO really wants to work with you and is telling HR to make it happen or the CEO doesn't care and is expecting HR to clean it up. So which is it? Well, but the CEO told me to call this person. Okay. Again, my question still stands like what? (laughs) Cause if you're not getting results, I just find it hard to believe and please, and maybe people are commenting, I don't know, but correct me if I'm wrong. 
if if a CEO or a VP or a high level person says, I want to work with this person, am I expected to believe that a low level HR business partner or or you know even a senior recruiter like myself is gonna overrule that? Is that what I'm hearing? Because I I gotta I gotta say I find that hard to believe. <laughs> true. Yeah, true. I uh, I think I've certainly in my career matured a little bit more so. So I I yeah. tried all those approaches, right? I think I guess you get approached all the time, and these hiring managers get approached all the time, and the CEOs get approached all the time. So just touching on something before where yeah. you, it's really difficult to know what all the protocols are, like whether right. you're you've got um, agreements in place with this agency, whether this is something that's come mm -hmm. internally. So I can understand the confusion. I do think that there's an element of, or a lack of training when sure. people become hiring managers. So do they actually know what the role entails? Do they know how to recruit? Yeah. Do they know who they can use, who they can't, what the rules are? Yeah. Um, but then coming back to your point of, I, I think recruiters just try everything they can. And I yeah. think the only solid way that that would stand any ground is if the ceo actually said on an email introduction hey yeah. amy i'm working with lewis he's got some really interesting stuff i think you mm -hmm. guys would work well together could yeah. you could you collaborate absolutely like, that that seems legitimate I, yeah i, I, wouldn't, I, I mean, wouldn't take the word of someone that i don't know saying what well, the ceo told me yeah right <laughs> that's the that's the confusion right i'm like if you've got a paper trail or you've got a clear like introduction or plan like do it but i i just find it hard to believe that someone at my level would override a high level business decision and, and it's so interesting that 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 is often um the uh the scarlet letter we get to wear. <laughs> well, yeah, Amy absolutely. got in my way and wouldn't let me work with this company. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> glad you think I'm that powerful. <laughs> if only it were that easy. If um, only. <laughs> I've got, we've got a question. Well, it's not yes. really a question really. Um, Love it. Ronald Coleman has said there are many smaller companies that try to avoid using agencies due to cost and budgets. I know you've worked recently for some yeah. like, huge businesses that I guess cash flow isn't a problem for the most part. For the most um, part. <laughs> <laughs> um, in my opinion, smaller companies don't necessarily avoid using agencies mm -hmm. because actually there's something to be said for the value that we can bring in. Sure. In the, if you don't have a, an internal recruiter being paid a salary and mm -hmm. benefits and everything mm -hmm. that comes with it, you can very quickly control a recruitment fee. You know what it's going to cost you. You can budget it in. You don't Absolutely. actually have to have headcount budget to use a recruiter right you can pull budget from other places mm -hmm. um and there's other options as well in, in both permanent and contract hires yeah so there's yeah. ways of solving problems internally within a business for smaller companies that actually potentially could save you money mm -hmm. if the job gets done yeah I, that that's an interesting comment and i you know i trust that that ronald has has personally experienced this and this is coming from you know, specific knowledge that, that he has about the businesses he's worked with. And, but I find it interesting because I don't want to pretend that internal recruiters are cheap. Cause I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, I, I have, yeah. no doubt. I have no doubt. So, so it's interesting. Cause I, I've actually found the opposite to be accurate, at least in my experience where 
you know, there isn't a budget for a full-time six-figure recruiter, right? Mm -hmm. Which frankly, a lot of, especially at least in tech, you know, and, and certainly on the West Coast, a lot of us are. Yeah. And so it's actually easier, cheaper, more effective for the business to pay 20, 30 grand a pop for those highly targeted, you know, placements. So, so I don't know. I, I there is there's a cost no matter what, but it does come down. So to Ronald's point, it does come down to where does the business feel like there's a there's an investment now. If it's a small company that's hiring, you know, a bunch of technicians to manufacture widgets, maybe you just have a general HR person that processes a bunch of applications. And that's okay. Not every company needs us, whether we're inside or outside. Mm -hmm. We have a very specific skill, a very specific uh, function or role to play within a business. And not every business needs what you and I do. The ones that do, open up your wallets because we're not cheap, are we, Lewis? <laughs> No, we're not. <laughs> I, actually, I, I want to, that, that, something just sprung to mind there. And we've got another really interesting question just coming up. Yeah. Something sprung to mind about, um, you've been doing this for, for, you said 20 odd years. Me right? too, yeah. I've been doing this for, for 10 plus years. Um, when you hire someone with experience in the space, what, what are you actually getting, internal or external, putting that aside? When you're yeah. hiring a recruiter, what are you actually getting with those years of experience? Compared to someone who's been <sighs> Oh, yeah. You know, I'm not going to name the company because I may want to go back someday. <laughs> Probably not, but maybe. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Uh, but there was a there was a large tech company, not my current employer, which I love. I, I do have my dream job right now. I'm happy to say that. But there was a previous employer, um, and one of the reasons I left that employer is because there just wasn't a lot of room for advancement. You know, I, I've been at this a long time, as you know, and 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 a lot of the the strategy stuff and and that kind of stuff is really what appeals to me. I, I tend to, I mean, I still make placements, I still fill roles, but I like working at that senior level and kind of figuring out how we're going to do this and building out strategy. But anyway, that's my point. The point is having a discussion with someone at this company, I was told, well, I could hire a, you know, junior level person to do what you do. I disagree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I did too. I mean, I, I had some choice words that I won't repeat here, but here's what you get. I, I think that you get, um, when I think about the most senior people I know and the, and the people that I want to work with or, or that I have recruited or that I would want to engage with if I was going outside, uh, they have a business sensibility. It, mm -hmm. there, there's there's, the, there's the, the part of recruiting which is transactional, which is finding a candidate, matching them up with a job, making that happen. And there's a lot that goes on there. You know, there's a lot of like dealing with the emotional currency of both parties and making sure everybody's feeling like they won in the negotiation and, and all of that. It's a very much, we're, we're almost like therapist in a way for both sides. So, so there's that element of it and that transactional piece. But I think with the seniority and with the experience, you learn more about the overall 
impact to the business. You start understanding, you know, it's not just, oh, I'm going to go find a hardware engineer. It's okay. I need a hardware engineer who's at a certain level, who can be a player coach, who's going to end up building out a team that's going to spin out and do this other specialized hardware thing. And so you start thinking in those terms and that really kind of colors your recruiting process, the kinds of candidates you're targeting, maybe how you're interviewing them. Like you go beyond just, okay, here's a job spec. I'm going to go find resumes that match it. It becomes a much deeper consultative conversation. And that's what I love about it. And that's what Mm -hmm. I think you get with more senior people. Yeah, agreed. I think there's certainly some people who pick the role up very quickly and are super capable. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, you know, we've got actually a couple of them on our team that are exactly like that, that haven't yeah. been doing it for too long, but are, absolutely in time yeah. will be hugely successful. But I think when it comes to years of experience, mm-hmm. like the va- one of the key values I bring is hopefully my credibility in, in yeah. the space of data. Yeah. And and secondly, my network. You can't yeah. build a network. For sure. It doesn't happen overnight. Year. No. Yeah. So what does that what does that do for the business or the role that I'm trying to fill in that sense? Mm-hmm. Firstly, time to hire should be yeah. significantly shorter because I don't have to go out cold, start a new search, yeah. start talking to people, people I don't know that might recommend me. I just go yeah. to the people I know who are key yeah. players in the space and say, do you know anyone that can do this? Or, or do you want to do it? Mm-hmm. And And that... I think is where the, the immediate value gets gets born. And then yeah. to touch on your point, which is having a much better commercial understanding of yeah. how a business operates, but seeing past the job spec that says you need five years of experience, two years in SQL, mm-hmm. w- whatever it might be. And actually then going, well, what, what are they actually doing? Like what's the long-term career path for these people and how's that going to influence the business mm-hmm. and the rest of the growth? Um, yep. And then there's a tip there for anyone external, in my opinion, that is still trying to pitch candidates in, yeah. saying, well, this guy's got three years JavaScript, he's got one year's Java, he's he's worked on a product team. Like, that shit ain't interesting. <laughs> like, yeah. tell us what they've been doing. Tell us the impact. How much money mm-hmm. did they save the business? How much money did they yeah. make the business? Were they involved in hiring? If so, how many hires did they make? What was the success rate? Like, what was the accuracy of their models? Like, mm-hmm. how is that relevant to the business that you're trying to approach? Yeah. If you've got a business who are looking to, to, I don't know, let's say, build out their customer retention team, go and find someone who's been doing yeah. customer retention successfully at a business and pitch them in and tell them about their story. Like, you will see much more success and a oh, much yeah. better response from internal recruiters, hiring managers, whoever it is you're trying to pitch that candidate to. Mm-hmm. Storytelling is such a critical part of recruiting on both sides because you have to do the same storytelling back to the candidate. You know, hey, we need somebody to come and write code 80% of the day and work in Java. That's boring. Who wants to do that? Like everybody does that. But if you say, hey, if you've ever flown on an airplane, you have probably benefited from the work that this company does. They actually build the structure that wields on to the, you know, I'm just making stuff up now, but you know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're like telling a story and you're taking this person's experience or this mm-hmm. job's requirements and you're spinning it into something cool and a, and a commercial of sorts. And that's another thing I think, and I don't want to confuse years of experience with recruiting ability because there are some like, two, three year hustlers out there that are really, oh, really good. 
<laughs> and there's some people who've been doing this stuff for 30 years and, and couldn't recruit their way out of a wet, wet paper sack, right? So I get it. Like, it, you know, years of experience is, is not always the right measure. Agreed. But I think the people who are able to to do that storytelling and, and really peel back the layers, not only of what is the company trying to accomplish and how does this person, this potential new hire solve for it, but then for the potential new hire, how does this impact your career? I, I, got, an, I got an email just a few days ago uh, from an agency recruiter and they were trying to recruit me. And they're like, oh, we have this amazing job and it would represent a great you know, career uh, you know, growth and blah, 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 all, all the right words, right? I ain't going nowhere. I'm doing quite well. But I said, tell me more. I'm just curious. You know, I've got a lot of friends that are looking. Maybe I can pass along referrals. It was a three-month contract for an <laughs> hourly like rate that. that's about half of my current comp. And I was like, um, I'm not good at math, but I know this one isn't going to quite pan out. <laughs> so yeah. it was, you know, props for the attempted, like, crafting a story but it, it just it wasn't that's the kind of stuff that recruiters with time with learning with falling on our faces a few times start learning how to really tell that story in a better way yeah I think it, it sometimes it's not about just trying to talk to as many people as you can yeah, it's about absolutely. actually putting some time into researching like you said the business the role the need mm -hmm. the future of, of the role etc but then actually going out and, and looking at a profile for more than two seconds. Oh, for actually, sure. Actually trying to figure out what they do when you do get this. Because at the end of the day, right, businesses mm -hmm. want to hire the best people. They, mm -hmm. they just do. It, businesses aren't out there looking for the worst people. Right. That's, that's, <laughs> it, that just makes no sense. Right. So in order to get those best people, more often than not, they're typically happy in their roles. Yeah. So if you put a, just, a, just a few more seconds into looking at their profile, their resume, their CV, whatever you want to call it, and then talk to that person about something that's relevant. Mm -hmm. Again, just like the business, if you pitched in something that's relevant, they're going to give you much, much more time. Yeah. 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 So I'm getting the feeling that we're not actually that different. We're really not. <laughs> We're, we're, we're at the very least very close first cousins, I would think, right? Like, it's yeah. very, well, I, I feel I think... like we've got the memo today. We're both in gray. And we've both we, did, we did both wear gray. We have a white wall behind us. So see, look at all the things we have in common. I got I know, my right? Charlie Brown tree over there. <laughs> Celebrating I, holidays. I actually wanted to I wanted to mention, so so we, we were introduced by Gigi, who's yes. just Yes, love beast. her. Yeah, she's so cool. Um, I gave her one of my top tips in interviews. Oh, yes. And I'm, and I'm doing it right now. So first and foremost, I wanted to be a little bit more casual because I know you're, yep. you're, you're recruiting in yoga pants. Yoga pants. <laughs> yeah. I, I was actually at the gym this morning. I had somewhat, I, I don't know if you can call them yoga pants, but I wasn't so sure they would be as appealing for people on this live. <laughs> uh, they're, they're <laughs> um, so I went for something a little bit more casual, but toweling. So this is my top secret. If you're going to an interview, if you're doing a uh, yeah. hosting an event, if you're a keynote speaker and you're nervous, mm -hmm. wear toweling. It is the interview of choice. Because really, even if I was sweating right now, you wouldn't even know, right? <laughs> Hat tip to you, sir. That's good to yeah. know. I yeah, I, I've been invited. This is again this is another <laughs> one of those perks of being internal. I get to go to my business's weekly staff meeting. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just go in and I do my little recruiting update and sometimes I lurk and they talk about really complicated technical things that I don't understand, but it's just cool to be invited. Right. So, yeah, I definitely have had moments where I'm like, man, I probably should have. <laughs> I'm nervous <laughs> talking to all these directors and managers and all <laughs> sweating. <laughs> Yeah, I'll wait wait great with confidence now. Right, exactly. But I think one of the benefits that you guys have on your side is you get to work with a lot more companies. So from a candidate perspective, Mm -hmm. let me throw you something here. Let 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 me help you, Lewis. You could potentially, if I was your candidate, possibly get me connected to a number of companies. Mm hmm I on the inside, if you were my candidate, we're kind of limited to this is the company I recruit for. Do you want to be here or no? Because if you don't, we probably don't have much to talk about. (laughs) So that's one of the I think I I personally think that job seekers should talk to both of us. You know, I I think there's value in just having that network of recruiters and having people to, you know, you can learn from or, or potentially partner with. But I think that is that is the one thing I, I will point to you because I don't necessarily have that ability. I recruit for one company and one company only versus however many clients you may have with your agency. Yeah. I think it's, you know, there's there's no shying away from the fact that if you've got, let's say, a candidate at final stage, at offer stage yeah. with four different companies and three of them are yours, the, the odds are in your favor. You're doing think, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I think one of the things that's super important though for, for a successful long-term career in recruitment mm-hmm. is make sure the candidate chooses the right company for the right reasons, not Absolutely. because it's got the biggest fee or it's one of yours. If the best choice, I mean, I'm not sure my CEO would, would be keen on me encouraging this, but <laughs> no, he would. He would. At the end of the day, we, we, we want the candidates to make the, the right decision. And if if that isn't without yeah company that, that we've got in those one of four companies then then it's not our company that candidate yeah. will come back because they'll oh, appreciate for sure. you gave them the right advice and send you and referrals exactly they'll send you yeah. referrals they may even turn into a hiring manager one day yeah. and guess what they'll go hey amy i've got this great guy i used to work with um have a chat with lewis and see if you yeah. can collaborate with something so like yeah. i think if you're ever in that situation the candidate just will respect what what mm-hmm. you're doing Rather than going, you know, you've got a time frame. If you don't make a decision within the next five minutes, you're going to lose all three offers. Like, you, like I've seen it. I've done it. I've done it. Yeah. That's how I no, think. same. And I realize yeah. that doesn't work. That's not the, the best way to do it. So, yeah, I, I guess not that we've completely, like, solved the mystery. <laughs> Hopefully we've just demystified some of it like there's yeah. really my my number one thing and I, I've said this on on other you know kind of similar streams um, my number one thing is just approach me from an open partnership perspective like that's all I want you know and, and I'm very transparent like I I work for a ginormous company with you know thousands of recruiters like I'm not the right person I don't have any say in signing agreements you know i it's it's i don't know who does that and i've had agency people get mad at me well if you don't want to help just say so well now i don't just so we're clear like you have now convinced me that i will never ever help you ever (laughs) but um you know, just coming from this approach of like, oh, bless your heart, Amy. I'm here to save you because you suck at your job. That's <laughs> eh, not really the way to earn, you know, the business or the trust of my my partners who trust me. You know, it, it's 
I, I just, I don't think, I could be wrong. I don't think that a corporate recruiter would be in their job long if they were not themselves providing some kind of value. Now that value may look different than what you would provide. I understand that. We already kind of touched on the transactional recruiters, you know, the fungible, repeatable hiring that some of us do, those kinds of things. But I don't think, and please, if anybody feels differently about this way in, I don't think a manager is ever going to call you up and say, you know what, I'm stuck working with this Amy chick and she sucks and I don't get anything from her and I need to work with you and I need to pay your big fat fee because Amy sucks. Like, I feel like it's probably A, not true, B, he sucks <laughs> and is blaming me or, you know what I'm saying? So I, I think there's just, yeah. we all see the world through the lens of our own experience and I get that. But if I was not making placements, if I was not getting people hired, I would get fired. Sure. I mean, it's just, it's, if you don't do your job, you don't get to keep it. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that, that, that probably spreads across most jobs, right? <laughs> you, would, you would hope. I mean, yeah. you know, I did work for the government for a couple of years. It may not be totally accurate there, but for the most yeah. part, I think it's true. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's. That's so true. We we did actually just get another question. It was a yeah. little bit earlier, actually. Love questions. I, I was trying. I was trying to read it. So, hey, Amy and Lewis, is an internal recruiter like a football manager and an external recruiter like a team scout? When the manager needs help finding players, the management finds a scout to look out for the player, looking to better understand. Firstly, I don't know much about football. I'm terrible at sports, but I, <laughs> I think I can figure out what you're trying to say here. What What are your thoughts on this, Amy? I I think uh, yes, yes. And and thank you, Dibs is a is a buddy of mine. We've connected over my YouTube channel, so thank you for weighing in. We chat all the time. Uh, but no, I think that's absolutely right. I think there is, you know, kind of that core. Like I know for me, I work with a specific, but and I'll and I'll even use let's use Google as an example, right? I was at Google for a while, and and I worked. Um, I did a specific kind of recruiting. I did engineering management recruiting for YouTube. That was my client group. That's all I did. That was my hundred percent focus, and. So I would, you know, partner with those directors and VPs and, you know, we would plan out this leadership hiring and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But there were occasions, so kind of going back to that example where, hey, you know, I need a short-term resource. I, I need, mm -hmm. I need a, a six-month contractor. I need, an, I need yep. just a junior engineer. Okay, great. That's not what I do. That's not my specialty. Let's look at, you know, and, and help them obviously in a big company, got to create a PO and got to look at our approved vendor list and those kinds of things. So yeah, that's a great point where sometimes you need that extra shot in the arm, that extra, you know, pipeline or, or something. And the same with contract recruiters. Don't forget, there's this middle ground. There's the maybe the stepsister in the room here, right? Which is the RPO. So you have agencies who are actually embedded into companies. Mm -hmm. So who who owns them? Who gets them for Christmas, Lewis? Do I or do you? <laughs> They're kind of in the middle. Yeah, they are, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think um I think you're right. There's there's an opportunity to to leverage both relationships as yeah. you need them. Um one thing I would always actively encourage any candidate, any hiring manager, any recruiter, just just make relationships mm -hmm. because you never know when you might need them. Absolutely. Um, but, and don't always have like an agenda behind them. 
like yeah. connect with people that you feel like you might get along with people you might have things in common with people that share the same interests yeah and if it if it transpires into an opportunity at some point down the line like great if not maybe you've met someone that you just become friends with like i feel like absolutely that's, that's how i got my first corporate job i i was actually uh friends with I, you know I, I was working at the state i'd was agency for a long time. We had a big, you know, 2009 recession, 2008. I don't remember what year, long time ago, but it was bad. <laughs> and my agency was actually a European based agency that pulled out of the US. And so I was like, well, I'll just go work for the government. You know, they're hiring the only people in town that are hiring. Um, and so made connections with agency recruiters and, you know, trying to get people back to work and get out of this recession. And one of them called me up one day and he's like, hey, I just started this new corporate gig. We're hiring. What do you think? I'm like, I've never done corporate recruiting. Like, isn't it awful? Isn't it where great recruiters go to die? I don't know. I, you know, I didn't know any better. <laughs> and that's yeah. how I got in. And every job since has been a result of a network, somebody I knew, somebody I'd worked with, somebody I'd filled roles for. So those, you know, I don't think that's exclusive to recruiting. I think that's important for every yeah. industry and every yeah. job seeker, you know, really is work your network and build those relationships from a mutually beneficial perspective, not a what can you do for me? And that's where I think sometimes agency recruiters fall down a little bit yeah, is because, definitely. especially when you're commissioned, when, when you're a contingent commissioned recruiter, it becomes very transactional or it can become very transactional. I have the benefit and I recognize the privilege that I'm sitting in. I have the benefit of getting a paycheck, whether I hire somebody this month or not. That's another reason I went inside because I am terrible at budgeting and I would have like these really, really great months and then the next month would be poof and I would starve. So <laughs> I'm not very good at the commission thing. <laughs> uh, but it, there's, you know, you, you start to get this out of, a, out of a, a hunger or an urgency or a need to get a placement or a need to make the numbers. You start behaving badly because you've got to get that higher. Mm. As opposed to, you know, taking a step back and saying, well, wait a minute, what's the right thing for the business? What's the mm -hmm. right thing for my candidate? Um, offer declines is another area where I think you and I probably agree, but I think our two sides might feel differently. <laughs> where offer declines are painful for me, but I actually kind of like them because I learn a lot. It's an opportunity to say, hey, we have a bunch of data points here that say we're not paying enough, or we have a bunch of data points here that say, you know, this role isn't good for whatever reason. On the agency side, and I've heard this said, and I want to get your thoughts on this, I don't make offers that don't get accepted. Tell me about that. Is that your stance, or what would you what would you say to that? No, I, I've not I've not heard that to be honest. So really, I think, yeah, I, I think I hear it all the time. <laughs> I think I think it's super important to if a company wants to make an offer, mm -hmm. we're obliged to make the offer. Whether yeah, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I get an offer come in and I'm like, I told you what they needed, right? Like I told you what they needed, and, and you came in twenty k below, and mm -hmm. I've got that now. Go and tell him after he's, he or she has just invested. Yeah, give or take three or four days, taking time yeah. off work, and I've got to go and tell them that that you're going to offer them twenty grand less than yeah. what they're on. Like, yeah. and what you're offering isn't that exciting. So like, you, what, yeah. what are we actually presenting here? Like, I always feel transparency is key when yeah. we're presenting candidates. If I'll tell you what they need from the start, 
if you decide at the end of the process you want to offer them something completely different, that's on you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I told you what they needed. Right. And I feel I feel like I've been doing this long enough now that I don't need to fluff the numbers up. I'm just going to tell yeah. you flat out what the candidate told me because yeah. they'll come unstuck because the candidate might tell you in the process what they actually want. Oh, for so, sure. So why lie, right? So I there's been times where I haven't wanted to make the offer, but the yeah. offer's been made, right? I'm not going to leave a candidate going, uh, yeah. well, what happened? Like, I thought I was going to get an offer. Well, yeah. You did, but it was just terrible. Like, and this, <laughs> and, and this is it. And, and like, yeah. if you like the business enough, then let's put together a case to something compelling to go back and say, well, mm-hmm. actually, this is what I need. Like, obviously, it's not going to work out this time. Because yeah. the fact is, you still want that candidate to go back to the market with a positive yeah. impression. Yep. Regardless of whether they under-offered, it could, there could be a number of reasons why, right? The business might not understand, like you said, the data mm-hmm. model. They don't know what the market pays. Yeah, They actually don't know what these candidates are worth. It could be that actually the role just wasn't quite as senior as, yeah. as they might have thought it mm-hmm. was. And, and the level of talent they're looking for just, you know, doesn't align. So there's so many reasons. And you want that candidate to go back to the market and say, whilst I didn't get the offer I needed, actually the experience was really good. They gave me some yeah. really good constructive feedback. By the way, sometimes impossible to get, like, it, it, another probably another, probably yeah. conversation, but but sometimes you don't always have feedback i think if a business yeah. focuses on all of those things and and works with the internal or external partner to deliver those messages mm-hmm. that candidate might go out and tell someone that it was a great opportunity but it doesn't align and they say well actually yeah. that aligns with my expectations though mm-hmm. and then they apply or mm-hmm. it could be that in two or three years time when you do have a more senior role they go well actually i had a really good experience they just couldn't align yeah. at the time but yeah. i'm going to reapply for that role Absolutely. That's that short term mindset from an external recruiter going, well, if it's a bad offer, I'm not going to make it like, yeah, you're you're an idiot. Yeah, right. I'm so glad you said that because I sometimes feel like, okay, am I crazy? Because I feel like if a candidate has earned an offer, I'm making it. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Like, it's not always going to be my company that's the right company or, or you know, like to your point about leveling and, you know, you wanted to be senior, but you're not quite there. And, and you know, those kinds of things. But I just feel like if you've earned an offer, you should get it regardless of what it does for my paycheck, regardless of whether or not I get a commission or not. Well, I mean, I'm not commissioned now, but, you know, on your side, it, it would be a factor. Um, and I think also kind of on the same vein with the offers, I think there's a perception that recruiters lowball candidates i think you have a better argument because you can say look if you make less money i make less money <laughs> if it's a percentage model the, right the same, the same thing right if they make more money yeah. i make more money like, it's in exactly. my best interest. it is in your best interest to like make a good offer but i i think i don't know i can only speak for myself you know i'm nobody's boss i can't say what other people are doing I have never found it in my best interest to lowball a candidate ever, whether I'm internal or not. Like it, it doesn't make sense because you're going to come in. There's several things that go wrong. You're going to come in below your peers. So we have an internal equity problem. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a flight risk, which means I got to fill your role again in six months when you get mad and leave. That costs more. And just adds to my workload. Mm-hmm. And I'm setting up, the wrong expectations with the manager that this is the cost of labor when it's not. If, if the cost of labor in this area for this type of talent is actually 10, 15, $20,000 more, I'm actually hurting everybody involved 
by yeah. trying to lowball. But I think that's a harder message from corporate than it is from agency because you can tie it very specifically to why it's a win for you. Whereas for me, it becomes more of a, you, you kind of have to trust me, you know? I mean, I can give you the logic behind it, which I just did, but then it comes down to whether or not you think I'm full of it or not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do, yeah. do you believe what I'm saying? It's a trust thing at that point. So there's there's one of the differences, like we don't- For there's sure. No, there's no pressure on on my role to have to have that, yeah. that corporate level conversation, whereas yeah. you might. And there's, we've got one more question, but there's also one thing yeah. I just wanted to ask you, or at least, to collective get an answer for it like what is the main challenge you face as an internal recruiter day to day and i'm keen to see whether that might be similar to mine i think oh my gosh that's there's so many i think one thing that comes to mind that i would say is common across every corporate gig i've had and there's been four now yeah four four places i've worked as a corporate recruiter the narrative or the perception of my company because because again i represent a single company i i'm here to recruit you for a a company you know i, I don't yeah. have the benefit of working with six different you know firms or whatever and a, especially the larger companies you are coming to me as a prospective candidate with a preconceived notion about what it's like to work here you already know because you saw some stuff on blind or your friend said or your neighbor's cousin's best friend college roommate had a bad experience and so you have this narrative built up in your head already and i have to face that first as opposed to on the agency side where hey i'm just here to help connect you to opportunity and here's some different options and then you you have a little more control over starting the narrative which i don't yeah i would i would say that's that's pretty accurate I think that's not necessarily a challenge for us in that yeah. sense because we can't yeah. control it. I yeah. I personally find the biggest challenge around just time. And again, it's probably another conversation, but for time for feedback, yeah, like or, or just what happens to it. Mm -hmm. Like if a candidate goes into an interview process, they speak to the hiring manager on the first call, and then all of a sudden you don't hear nothing for three weeks. Right. I'm like, wait, what? Like you, yeah. your bias, your bar is set so high yeah. for some of these candidates and the pool of people that you're trying to ask me to go and like, first and foremost, I can't just send these people a, a direct message, then send me right. a resume and say, I'm interested. This is going to take you weeks. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to get these people on board. I'm going to have to yeah. sell them the opportunity. I'm going to have to tell them about you, the business, the recruitment, yeah. going to be to the process, what it's like for the future, all of these things. And then you have an interview with them and then you just completely forget for three weeks to go oh wait what about that great guy we interviewed should i tell the yep. internal recruit we want to see him again and then mm -hmm. this happens a lot right and the yeah. bit that baffles me is i kind of understand it to some degree is annoying still if the candidate yeah. wasn't successful <laughs> but when right. a candidate and they're pumped about them right three weeks yeah. later they go oh we love this candidate like he's perfect for the job well, by the way he's gone mm -hmm. like you lost exactly. that candidate exactly when you didn't respond to him three yeah. weeks ago and even if you did respond his perception of your business now or how oh, yeah. you run your team mm -hmm. is bad. It's a negative one. Like he thinks yeah. you take decisions, take a long time. You don't know what you're looking for. Like there's a bunch of things that come up and I'm like, one of my biggest challenges is, is understanding like, why, why? Yeah. Why yeah. does that, why does that happen so often? Like feedback should be immediate. Like it's part fascinating. Of the process, send it yeah. immediately. I know, I know your current business does that really well. Um, 
We try. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we do have some mechanisms in place to to drive that. And I think that's a, that's one of the areas that, you know, I probably or anybody internal, maybe not so much now during COVID, but mm-hmm. generally speaking, you know, I work on your floor. I will I, I have laid I haven't done this yeah. in my current employer. But in previous employers, I have like laid down in front of a manager's desk and been like, I am on a hunger strike until you give me feedback. Just so we're clear, I, you have to step over me. I will trip you on your way out the door, <laughs> you know, and, and you want to do that, obviously, carefully with people you have a good relationship with. But, um, you know, that's a benefit to where I, I have maybe more opportunity to chase people or, or follow up or knock on their door when we're not trapped at home. Um, but on the agency side, you really are dependent on the strength of that partnership. And it's hard when it's maybe the first time you're working with a new company or a new manager. You haven't yet built that that relationship. You're not technically on the same team because you're you're an external partner and they're, you know, so it's yeah, it's hard. Feedback's hard, but you actually get to give feedback whereas most internals cannot. So we have some rules around that. So you yeah, have a leg I, up on me there. <laughs> I, I, I do understand the, the the corporate reasons sometimes for not yeah. giving feedback when it comes to potentially, you know, something might seem biased or yeah. it could be that that it's not politically correct, a certain right. terminology, which in, in the world that we're in, that happens a lot. Yeah. Um, I feel like constructive feedback is possible mm-hmm. um, if it's double-checked. Right. By, by a secondary person and and you know make sure we don't mm-hmm. piss anybody off should we say right um, <laughs> but sometimes even just a no they wasn't successful mm-hmm. like that's enough sometimes for some people yeah. like just just tell us after the interview that it, it right. wasn't the Let's right just person move on. And we're not move don't, <laughs> yeah. like as a recruiter my only request is don't leave me hanging for three mm-hmm. weeks and like because i'm going to send you 10 emails and i'm going to call sure. you 15 times yeah and i'm going to I'm going to send you videos. I'll send a carrier pigeon if I have to, but it's just going to annoy you. So like, <laughs> right. you can you can stop me being annoying by just saying no. It wasn't. It wasn't. Absolutely. And you know <laughs> another another line I love to use. I will give this as much priority as you do. Very easy for me to say because I got a lot of other stuff I could work on, right? So if I lose one, you know, it's it's not the end of the world because I've got plenty of business. But you know, it it really that's part of that partnership and part of that we need to approach this as equals just because you're a VP and I'm a lowly agency recruiter in this particular relationship and in this hiring effort, we are equal partners. That's an important thing that I want every recruiter, no matter where you are to wrap your heads around it. Don't let titles years of experience, all that kind of stuff frighten you, like in this particular partnership, you're equals. Definitely, definitely. The message being delivered back to the candidate yeah. represents both the business and the recruiter. For sure. I, I could for have loads sure. of great clients, but if I, I don't get them any feedback, four yeah. or five times of not getting feedback, the candidate's mm-hmm. going to go, I, I am working with you. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And vice versa, right? So <laughs> exactly. it, just, it just doesn't look good. So I'm conscious of time. I'm going to yes. throw this last question in here. Okay, great. Because um, I think it's quite an interesting one. I, I probably wouldn't mind knowing the answer to this myself, if I'm honest. So Matthew Hardy said, yeah. Amy probably receives a number of emails and requests from recruiters each day. What is the best way to introduce yourself uh, or your business services to an internal recruiter? Love that. 
I love that. Thank you, Matthew. This is a good one. So I think there's a couple of ways to think about this. One is you want to obviously start with a person who has actual authority to pay a fee and sign an agreement, right? That is not always going to be an internal recruiter. <laughs> I have no problem with people going around me or over my head or what it, I don't care because I, I know I don't have that authority and I'm okay with that. But here is the message that I want to hear. If I was working for a smaller company or if I was in a position to maybe have some kind of impact on who we partnered with, first of all, respect that I, I know what I'm doing as well. So come to me as an equal. So it kind of goes back to the same thing about the manager, right? Like we are equals. We are partners. We are trying to build a mutually beneficial relationship here. Okay. Yep. It's not, I'm going to come in and be better than you. It's going to, I'm going to come in and help augment whatever it is you've got going on and, and be, you know, a partner to you. That's number one. And then secondly, um, I guess what I would want to hear is, hey, I'm a recruiter with such and such. We specialize in this particular thing. So own what it is that you do. Don't try to come in and be everything I need. Like you need to know yourself and you need to lead with that. Like come in and tell me, you know, do you specialize in hardware engineering? Do you specialize in widget building? Do you specialize in accountants? Whatever. I don't care. Obviously that impacts who you're going to send this message to, <laughs> but yeah. you know, own what it is that, that you do and that you're good at. And then ask me what I need. If I were to call you again next week with the perfect candidate that you really need today, what does that look like? If you're, you know, as you're thinking about your hiring for 2021, are there certain gaps in your recruiting strategy that you might need a third party to help augment? Ask me. I hate MPC calls and I've made 80 billion of them. Most placeable candidate. Did they still call yeah, it that? <laughs> they do. They, they, yeah, they do. They do. I was just about hate to say it. that. <laughs> because you know what? Until you know the problem that I'm trying to solve. And until you know the pain point I have in recruiting and until you know my most critical position that needs the most help, how in the heck do you think you know that this imaginary candidate is perfect for me? I, I mean, it just doesn't compute. Yeah. Time invested in, in research is, yeah. is very good in recruitment. Um, cute. By the way, you, you, be, be ready for the mountain of emails you're about to get. I know, and they're all going to be, I made them, I won't say it's a mistake, but I did, I, you know, I have my, my weekly channel, you, you know, about, yeah. and I, I did a video on networking and I actually provided templates for, for job seekers, like how to network with recruiters, managers, and, and potential peers. If I had a nickel for every person who used my template on me, <laughs> brilliant. I would have a bag full of nickels to knock myself out with and take a nap. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you, there, and, I, and I have to respond because you used it on me. Well, say, did it work? Yeah. Did it work? I mean, 90% of them, I was like, that's clever. Thank you. I'm still not the right person, <laughs> but props for using the template. <laughs> nice. Nice. So on that note, you're, you've got a YouTube channel. You every you. week yeah. share videos that, I mean, do you have an agenda to the types of videos or is it just stuff that comes in? Yeah, and... so, yeah, pretty much. Um, no, the intention behind it, um, it's AMA Fridays. So ask me anyway, Fridays, because um, mm -hmm. people don't think I don't know what I'm talking about, but uh, ask me anyway, it will be fun. Um, but the intention was to bust recruiting myths. And that's why I was so excited about this conversation, because I think there's so many mis misconceptions and 
wrong perceptions of what it is that we do and how we work together. But the yeah. idea was just a series every Friday morning, 7 a.m. Pacific, a video drops that is attacking some conventional wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. Like some recruiting tip, some something I want to prove wrong, you know, things like that. So, and I'm always looking for ideas. Sometimes I'll read something on the internet that makes me angry and then I'll talk about that. So I, <laughs> inspiration comes from all over. <laughs> yeah. I think there's more, definitely more than one myth in recruitment. So you, you, I thought you, I would run out of content pretty quickly nah. and we're now coming up on like our 50th video. It's wild. We've been doing this since the first week of January and, uh, no end in sight. <laughs> Would you, just, just out of interest on that note, like I, yeah. I'm definitely seeing way more people starting to, me being one of them, I started last 12 months ago, but using video and, yeah. and using YouTube and creating content, like that's kind of, I started following you through Gigi's introduction. Yeah, and, love and, Gigi. And there's this, one of the myths is like, why do why do recruiters keep information to themselves? Like we're all That's doing the same question. job. Like, yeah. I've got stuff I can teach you, or I've got stuff that I know you might not, and vice versa. Like it's mm -hmm. not a secret. It right. shouldn't be a secret. I, I right. can tell you how I pick up business because there's loads of business out there. The chances exactly. of you ever taking my clients is slim because I've worked on the relationships, but. Absolutely. It, it is this weird, it must come from some kind of insecurity is the only thing I can think of because I, I feel like if you have the relationship, like I was joking with my, my current client, my, uh, the, this, this director that I work with, and we were talking about like 2021 planning and whatnot. And, you know, I, this is how we're doing this year and kind of finishing out the year with this, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, unless you're tired of me and, you know, you want a new recruiter, he's like, absolutely not. So like, I'm not scared. Like, I know we're tight and he's not going to ask to replace me yet. You know, <laughs> So even if some other recruiters aren't sniffing around him, we're solid. It's good. But no, I, I think that's so interesting. And I, I really think that if there's one thing this business needs, whether it's inside, outside, RPO, whatever, transparency. We make this so shrouded in mystery and it's so secretive and I'm not going to tell you my secrets and I'm not going to share any. Why? We all want the same thing. We all want to help connect people and opportunity. Now there's 80 billion ways to do that. Mm -hmm. But I think we all need to find our own style, find what works for us, find the place that it works for us. And then share that with the rest of the world. Like, why not? I don't know. It's so weird to me. And that's why I started the channel because I felt like there's so much bad advice out there. There's so much. It's another thing that bothers me. And I know we're like way over time, but hopefully Sorry. this is helpful. There's so much high level fluff. You should network with people. That's how you get a job. Don't apply online. Just network. Yeah. Go network. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Now what? <laughs> I'm here. Am I networking? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, brother. I, what? Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. What? It, what it. is? What is that? And and no idea. I, feel, I feel like that's something I've started to discover more. Like just, mm -hmm. but I think you just got to be authentic, right? Don't. Yeah. I mean, it gets like, a lot of clicks. They're very yeah. popular on LinkedIn. Yeah, and, and that's what I like about your your channel though, because you're just being you, and you. I feel what like you that approach of like if if people don't like it, then that's fine. 
Yeah, I, I, I offer people refunds all the time. How much did you pay to watch this video? Because I'll give you that back. Zero dollars yeah. and zero cents. Checks in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So so it's called uh, recruiting in yoga pants, right? Yes. Yeah. Cool. So we'll we'll add a link to the. Um, oh, that would be amazing. Thank you. Yeah, we'll add a link to this, and and we actually put this on our Rec Do Tech Spotify and Love Apple it. Music channel as well. So if you guys want to have a listen to this over the holidays, more than welcome to. I am just but on the basis that actually this is going to be the last one that I'm doing this year. Um, I'm going to be taking a little bit of time off over Christmas nice. and uh, actually putting some more time into doing recruitment. <laughs> that that is the downside of all this content creation stuff like we still have to do our day jobs at some point yeah, yeah. um with that being said though like it is an integral part of what i do and it, and it does if anyone is thinking of doing this it does create great yeah. opportunities to, to connect with people so Absolutely. so if you if you do see this as a tool for business it definitely is um, and i think it keeps us honest right like i have to back up what i say i i can yeah. you know make all these videos and talk about how to write a resume and how recruiters look at resumes and how to respond to candidates and all that i have to back that up i have to actually hold myself to that same standard that mm -hmm. I'm trying to hold the industry to. It falls apart if I'm out here preaching, do as I say, not as I do, and then I'm screwing up on the inside. So for me, it also functions as an accountability tool. I don't get to go out and say, you know, this is how a recruiter should act and then not act that way. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's it's a great tool for representing who you are and, mm -hmm. and what it is you do and how will you do it. I mean... I tell you what, it's just like my Apple Watch. I've closed the rings every day since my birthday in June. It, accountability. There you go. <laughs> it shames me. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Well, look, being that this is the last one, I, yes. I have to say, my my mum, every time, tunes in. <laughs> so the gonna, cutest. I'm gonna give, I've never given her a shout mom. out. So I'm going to give her a quick shout out and say thanks for tuning in every week, mum. I love that. <laughs> my dad does that on my channel. He'll like sometimes comment like, you're a really good recruiter, Amy. It's the cutest thing. He doesn't have any idea what I do, but he just, he's so supportive. <laughs> Hi, Lewis's mom. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I'd do that to end, end the season. Um, I'm going to be next year starting this back up and, um, I mean, I'd love to do a couple more of these. We'll probably yeah, have to, super probably have to fun. Always love talking recruiting. Time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm always on the lookout for any anyone really in the data science, machine learning, natural language processing space that wants to talk about stuff they don't normally talk about. Ooh, so you're I getting like they get approached often to say, okay, well, this is what you do. Can you come and yeah. talk to us about this specific and like. I see a lot of my success in my podcast by saying, what what do you what don't you get to talk about? What's right. the stuff that you want to talk about? And let's talk about it and then try and find a a balance between my experience as a recruiter mm -hmm. and my understanding of the process and how kind of how oh, that intertwines with where you're yeah. at. So that's that's always been the mission for the podcast. Um and it's actually enabled me to talk to some serious people. Um, that's great. Yeah, so it's been really fun. So anyone who's who wants to maybe come on the podcast next year, um reach out to myself. Um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure if you do kind of guest features on your podcast, Amy, but I um, want to start. That's a plan for next year. So we'll have to talk about that for sure. That's something yeah, I want to tackle. 
Cool. So I'll add all the links. Um, any information you want, just let us know. Um, if you've got Absolutely. any questions for me or Amy after this, just, just reach out. Yep. We're easy cool. to find. Recruiters are all over the internet. If you can't find contact information for us, We've done something wrong. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's been a it's been a pleasure and and super sure, fun. Me too. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, I look forward to hopefully all seeing you next year. Um, we will have this video cut up and and made into short form content for anyone who doesn't have an hour and fifteen minutes to, to watch all of it. <laughs> so we'll take out some of the key things that we've we've, we've you know discussed and and ping Love them it. over if you need them. Um, thanks again, Amy, and I look forward Thank to you. to working with you again soon. Sounds great. Bye. Cheers.